0: okay so with a with a show of hands let me see how many people uh watch the debate on uh, wednesday evening. uh how many did not right uh and uh, how many care exactly what's going on at the debates uh for many people they've become comedy hour of course as debates typically do because you know let's face it some of these candidates they're looking for the breakout moment uh, that's what they need and without the breakout moment they typically don't get there Uh, especially when you're dealing with this sort of caliber of uh, people that are running in the debate. Uh, We'll break some of that down today, friends, as well as you see Trump had his rally, I think about 10 miles or so from uh, this. He's just driving the GOP crazy. He's like a flying on the wall, if you will, Uh, or maybe it's the other way around. But uh, uh, he did comment on he doesn't know why the GOP is doing this, why they're wasting their time. Uh, He obviously recognizes he's become the heart and soul of the movement. Uh, and furthermore, more important than what he thinks, if you look at his recent numbers and what's happened with all of the details we're getting from all the polls and just everything across the board, the American people seem to think that as well. Welcome in, my fellow Americans, uh, to the Voice of the Nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, and a privilege to be with you always. And. Uh, So we're going to take on some of that today and a few other interesting things that are happening in the news. We see the uh, stopgap shutting the government down is going to come up pretty fast and quick now. Uh, And of course, they're all pointing at Johnson. And this gets a little tricky here, what they're doing in there. Uh, We need to talk on that as well. We knew it was going to be a, a challenge to get that done. But, you know, they'll try to blame this and pin this on the new speaker, of course. Uh, God forbid the radical extremists, uh, you know, Republicans, these people who are conservative in nature and uh, are trying to rescue uh, the the nation, believe in the Constitution, believe in Christian values. These radical extremists that we used to call American patriots are sort of trying to be a little too responsible with the budget, uh, the deficits and the spending uh, and the craziness. And so they've been dubbed accordingly, naturally. In today's world, everything is upside down backwards. Uh, that's just the way it is, my fellow Americans. And you'll have to look at all of that to really understand what the hell is going on. So, okay, so let's start there. And let me just, before I bring on, I'm going to bring on Dr. Jerome Corsi in just a moment here. Uh, excited to have him on the broadcast today We as we slay this thing. Um, all right, so Trump says... They're not watchable. He was asked if he's watching the debates and what have you. He says, no, they're not watchable. (laughs) And uh, he said, uh, you know, the last debate was the lowest rated debate in the history of politics. And he's correct. They've been pretty low. So therefore, do you think we did the right thing by not participating? Uh, Of course, the crowd cheered loudly at that. Now, keep in mind, friends, you remember before this all started, before the first debate was, before Trump said what he was going to do or what he was not going to do, what did I say to you? what did I say to you? Just rewind the tape and see what that was. I said to you, he would be out of his mind to show up at any of those debates, that the best strategy he could do would be to stay away from the whole deal and let it sink or swim on its own with all of them. And so Trump went on to say, and I quote, somebody said one of the dumber ones, so he doesn't have the courage to stand up. Well, listen, I'm standing in front of tens of thousands of people right now, and I'm on television. That's a hell of a lot harder to do than a debate. Uh, End quote there. You know, the one thing you cannot accuse Donald Trump of is a lack of courage. I mean, that's an oxymoron right here. Anybody who pulls that uh, out of the hat uh, is desperate. In fact, the man has uh, courage beyond courage, to be sure. We've seen that time and time again here, to be sure. All right. Let's bring on now Dr. Jerome Corsi joins me. And uh, so a little bit about uh, Dr. Corsi. He's a New York Times bestselling author. has over 30 books on politics, economics, a proliferate uh, writer, just marvelous. He's host of a new program called The Truth Central, by the way, as well. And his new book we'll touch on a little bit later in the broadcast. But it is in the bookstore and it's on the front page, in fact, of AmericaOutloud.news. Uh, The Truth About Neo-Marxism, Cultural Maoism, and Anarchy, uh, is the title of the book. Dr. Corsi, welcome into the broadcast,
2: sir. Thank you, Malcolm. Great to be back with you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, privilege here. And so, all right, so let me just, first of all, I got to ask you the question, uh, because I know a lot of people in our circles are not watching them. I tend to kind of see all of it, what's happening here. But but, uh, did you watch the debate, full disclosure?
2: no i did not i i think i prefer to watch a hockey game i mean it's it more entertaining uh, i'm i consider these debates to be pretty much irrelevant right. and i i don't think it in any fundamental matter it matters what these people say i mean they're not none of them are going to be candidate for president right. uh, i doubt any of them is going to be considered for vice presidential candidate and yeah. they're positioning they're trying to get attention for their careers and the like. And I'm just, frankly, uninterested.
0: Right, right. You know, someone asked me the other day, I got to tell you about uh, like, which one would be which one do you think Trump is considering for VP? A serious question now. It was posed to me. What, Who do you think he's looking at for VP uh, at the debate there? And I answered back and I said, not a damn one of them. I said, I don't see him picking any of those cats for uh, vice president. Frankly, he'll go outside of this. And frankly, this particular time, he may even pick a strong woman. There's a couple lined up there. Uh, what do you say about that?
2: Well, he's going to pick somebody who we're not expecting, I think. And a, a woman could very well be the choice. He's going to pick someone who has more allegiance to him than he believes exactly. Mike Pence had. And exactly. so the the allegiance, I think, is going to be his main criteria. What do you
0: think of Kristi Nolan?
2: Well, I, again, uh, she may be a candidate. Yeah, she and, is. And I think I think Trump will take a serious look at her and and think about it. He's going to have to have not only good chemistry, because in Washington, you know, everybody will tell you what you want to hear. And so he's got to really be convinced that the person's heart is in supporting him. Right. And he's had experience now with Mike Pence. He's had experience with Washington. I think he's going to be more savvy this time about what harry truman said which was you want to buy you want to have a friend in washington buy a dog i mean it's you can't trust Anyone, but don't
0: buy a dog who bites all the secret servers.
2: <laughs> no, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a bad idea.
0: Yeah, that's a couple of lawsuits there, maybe. I don't know. Uh just saying, all right, humor me a moment, just just play with me a moment here with with the five people up there for a moment. Okay, all right. So Florida governor Ron DeSantis, well, successful governor, very well respected. Was not a lot of people believe, and I certainly believe my wife and I talked about it well before. He put his name in the hat that it was not his time. We felt the timing was off and we thought it would be a grave mistake for him to enter the race. Obviously, he did not take my opinion, uh, but uh, that I did share it with folks. Uh, And uh, uh, the uh, Nikki Haley, of course, who was the U.N. ambassador and the former governor, uh this uh vivek ranaswamy here the businessman um uh, uh, finger in the wind he reminds me a drum of somebody puts the finger in the wind and watch which way the political winds are blowing. and he jumps that way quickly he's always got the finger up in the ears, the way i describe him uh the uh senator from uh, south carolina well respected tim scott and of course the um Oh man, you know, the, the, uh, I don't know what you want to call them. They could, well, you could call them the biggest ass in the room, uh, the New Jersey governor, Chris Christie. So out of those five, you're not getting too descriptive with you now, but, uh, well, who, I mean, I know you'll say nobody has a shot, but th- they're suggesting one or two. Who, who would come out of that group of five? If uh, one or two that you would say, okay, i don't I, I like you say they're not going to be president not going to be vice president you hit it Nate, head on but well who who would run for a dog catcher here let me start there well, maybe out of
2: these uh, two I, I, first i think the one who is the winner in this is desantis and i agree with you i think he went too soon if he yeah. had taken more time and matured and began to understand the national scene at the presidential level a little bit better he would have been more positioned but again He's he's got the the right experience. This is going to be a good experience for him because he's now gone through the television appearance and the rough and ready of a debate, right. uh, and I, I I think he's a future winner. Uh, just so you don't hold seat. on
0: now. The future hold on the future winner. You know, let me talk about that. You don't think this this bangs him up too bad because a lot of people are. Uh, there are those who say. Uh, well, I guess they always kind of do that anyways, but like, oh, my God, it's the end of his political career. Oh, my God, he blew blow it. Oh, my God. It's like you don't think that's the case at all. Then.
2: No, I don't. I mean, politics has seasons. I mean, look at Richard Nixon. You certainly would have thought he was done. That's true. After the 1960, when he said, you know, you won't have Nixon to kick around anymore. And yet a few years later, he's president. Uh, DeSantis will have his day, I believe. And I think he qualifies. I I like DeSantis and. Some of the mistakes he's made have simply been inexperience and bad advice. And uh, I do believe his heart's in the right place. And I think he's done a good job in Florida. So I am a DeSantis supporter, but just not for today.
0: Right, right. right. Uh, That's well said. What about this? uh, A lot of people are getting pretty hot, especially the way she's handling the abortion conversation. So they say, Uh, Nikki Haley.
2: Well, again, I think she has many strong points and she has had good experience and a good record. She's doing well on the abortion issue. I'm not sure the abortion issue is going to be a winner for the GOP when it comes to 2024. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly delighted to see Roe gone and it's surprising to me, but this, these midterms are very light voting and very committed Democrats tend to vote more than Republicans do in these mid-year term elections, midterm elections. So the, Results of the pro-choice movement in the last this week's voting, mm-hmm. uh, I don't take as definitive for the for the general, and so I don't think she's got an issue on which she can ride. Uh, she, you know she's a highly intelligent uh, person. She presents herself well it's just she lacks a certain kind of charisma for me that it is necessary to get to the presidential well, even
0: beyond the charisma what do you think about her as uh a more of a traditional well number one a traditional neocon but i think the biggest thing i'm hearing on the backside is that people think she'll have us involved in a lot of uh world events she should be very um very aggressive with some of that what do you say well, to
2: that well, she has had a history of being aggressive on various issues and i think that yeah. um she's got a history she'd have to do a lot of explaining in a presidential co- conflict. I don't see her ever being a presidential candidate yeah. whereas I do see DeSantis as, as having the possibility
0: yeah yeah and then uh, Tim Scott what a what a good what a good guy but that doesn't get you too far down the Boulevard does it, buddy
2: I've always liked Tim Scott and I've always greatly ad- admired him and yeah. I respect him greatly. but again, yeah. There's a certain stature you have to reach, and it, it's yeah. hard to explain how someone looks and feels yeah. like they should be a legitimate presidential candidate. Yeah, yeah. Right no, now, you're exactly
0: right. Jerome. Not everybody's going to look or be presidential, right? That have that they're uh, not. star quality, you know? Yeah. yeah, They
2: they have to have a certain demeanor or a certain charisma. experience, yeah. Yeah, charisma. They have to come across as yeah. mature and as seasoned and as thoughtful, not, not knee-jerky. Right. Um, tim scott is uh, has had a remarkable career and i admire him yeah. but again i don't think i don't see those qualities in him at least not today
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah perfect perfect and i i must uh, really want to know what you think of this uh i mean truthfully now this Ramaswamy dude what do you think of him
2: well he's certainly come he sparks fly i mean he certain find certain things that issues that he sees in a quirky way or he sees in a particular way and i I think that's good for the mix. It's good for the debate, but again, I don't see the national visibility. I don't see the national presence. Uh, so he's going to be interesting, and I don't think he's going to get his star moment. And so, therefore, I I expect he'll fade and fade fairly rapidly.
0: Yeah, I, I'm suspected he probably in the next debate. Uh, I'm thinking they will uh, assuming they do the debate. They they've got it booked already. They've got it booked. By the way, let me tell folks now with News Nation. And it will be on December sixth. Now that's a pretty new startup, that News Nation. Uh, but uh, December sixth, uh, and uh, they have, uh, by the way, they have uh, Megan Kelly coming back as a moderator for that. If you can believe that, Jerome. Uh Megan Kelly, and uh, th- looking at three women for that, uh, trying to find the other names here now. But uh, isn't that interesting? Or- it,
2: it is interesting. Megan Kelly is actually uh, has good qualities of interviewing. And she's made some mistakes in her career, but the point is mm. uh, I I don't think major television venues are ready to take on the these debates because they don't have enough of an audience where the commercial yeah. value of it justifies yeah. the time
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah well uh, by the way, making listen to this making Kelly Elizabeth Vargas. And uh, uh, Eliana Johnson, uh, that would be quite something, three women, if they pull that off that way. That's what they're looking at or predicting anyways, but
2: uh, interesting. Well, it, it is interesting. People will probably watch it for that uh, as opposed to the candidates. I mean, it might be an interesting show. Yeah,
0: it could be. Um, and, uh, you know, it is. it does become sort of a, a comedy hour, but comedy couple hours, obviously, in this case. Uh, but uh, all right, so we got uh, Scott, the, the Ramaswamy, and then, I you know it's hard to I mean really figure out, you know. That, well, let me say this to you, you uh, Chris Christie, for a minute. Let's let's put them right there for a moment in front of us, okay? All right, right mm-hmm. to the side of that drone, we see Mike Pence who just bowed out. Okay, now now let me ask you this sincerely, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, this sort of caliber of people, okay? And I put them together for a moment because. I this is what I when I heard and when I understood they were entering the race, I said to myself, I, I said, self, I said, what are they doing? They don't have a chance in hell of winning anything. The, the core of the Republican Party, the America First movement, the people who passionately care about that, they are not not going to vote for Mike Pence anytime soon in this lifetime, or curse Christie. It isn't going to happen. So why would cats like that put their name in their head when they're going to be ridiculed? Bit of embarrassment, I think. Actually, I mean, what do they really accomplish? Any idea?
2: Well, I think they all believe they have a chance, and really like pens, I think they do, and I think they think there's a way they can appeal. Uh, they it's it's hard at, the, at the, when somebody aspires to be president, yeah. there is an ego drive element to it, which tends to. You know, they, they magnify their own impact and how important they are, or how they're going to come across. Mike Pence is not going to escape the January 6th not questioning uh, the, the presidential vote when he had the chance in the certification uh, hearings that were the certification, I guess, event that was held in Congress on January 6th to say, you know, Biden was going to be president. Uh, Chris Christie will not recover from embracing uh Obama and Hurricane Sandy on the beaches. It was just a little bit too much of a love affair. And again, I don't see either one of them as having any chance in the future of presidential politics. I think they both do themselves well to retire from presidential politics. And and Mike Pence, I do greatly admire his faith and his willingness to profess his faith. And I think that's an outstanding quality of Mike Pence. And I've had several opportunities to be with him and it's genuine yeah, yeah. Um, Chris Christie, I don't know how genuine Chris Christie really is and I certainly don't get good feelings from Chris no, Christie. no 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 now
0: I don't I don't see genuineness is not a word that would come up in my uh a, a dictionary when I'm looking uh, for up uh, Chris Christie uh, at all um and it's even beyond that hug. I'm glad you remembered it reminded folks about the Obama hug and all of that and the Bridgegate and all the controversies even yes. though kind of hysterical or not. Uh, but it's even more than that. Um, it's the way he attacks things and the evil tone It's highly uh, it's not even Is there's no level of sophistication. There is what I'm suggesting uh, the way he does it uh, is one thing to do it. But it's another thing to do it in a bit of uh, that rubs the right way. Even if you're going to be sarcastic, he doesn't have that appeal. It, it comes across like a bad joke. Does that make sense.
2: Yeah, it, it, this is a, a complete come down from. You know, Kennedy Nixon debate, so Ronald Reagan on stage. I mean, yeah. these people could command the presence and had the gravitas. They had they had the charisma. Uh certainly Ronald Reagan did, and with one line he could capture the whole event. Yeah. Yeah. And and these these candidates don't have that same ability. No, no. no. Or stage presence. You know
0: what Chris Christie's going to do? I can tell you his career next. I can, he he's going to probably be done with politics after this, I have to believe. But where he's going to end up going, he's going to be a pundit uh, for sure on CNN. That's they're going to suck him up in a hot second, you know that.
2: Well, I think that's probably correct and yeah. he probably would do it. 100%.
0: He's already sold out the the Republican base. What has he got to what has he got to lose now? You might as well partner with the Democrats. And frankly, his politics are far moderate anyways. I don't consider him a a staunch conservative, constitutional conservative. Uh, I think he's different in that way. Uh, Anyways. So, all right. That's the cast of characters. They're the five. And like you say, they're now pinning it down. So if, if the next debate on News Nation, I would imagine, and and the and the to get involved, it's going to be a higher plateau, a higher level they've got to go for here above that plateau, actually. And so I don't see uh, I think a couple of them are gonna probably drop out. And I think Tim Scott will probably drop out of the race next. Um, but it could be just DeSantis and Haley, maybe, and maybe this Ramaswamy dude if he Uh, It seems to be very determined, uh, whatever. But uh, it's going to be a smaller group, don't you think?
2: It will be a smaller group and it will be less watched. Even less watched. Wow. I think people are just losing interest in this entire process. There was no spark in any of these to keep people glued to watch them. Okay. All
0: right. Let's talk now about something important here that uh, we got to recap on that. But uh, all right. So, President Trump now at his rally and he's I mean, I, I, I got to say he's it's a brilliant strategy and it's so smart all the way around that he's planning these events, you know, right on top of whatever they're doing right around the corner, around the block. He's really rubbing it in their face. And I would say, Jerome, it's just to me, it's a couple of things. Uh, it's a reminder of the strength and courage back to the word courage that we talk about a little more. It's a reminder of that to me, to the American people, that he's fearless, absolutely fearless. But he's gone into the face of the GOP. And in my world a bit, trauma, it's his way of paying them back a little bit to say, here you go. Here's a little bit of your own medicine, uh, because they're not happy with any of this, of course. And the fact he's not participating. So things are pretty rough right now with the GOP, the established GOP and the party itself. And. Trumpland and the rest of us, they're walking a very fine line. Uh, I, it's really kind of historical. We, we've never seen this before. It's historical what's taking place right now. And he is by far, as I reported to folks the other day, his, his numbers are, he's really uh, gaining more uh, uh, you know, progress every time we look at what's happening here. So how does this happen now? How do they kiss and make up? Well, does that happen? I mean, how does, because this run of McDaniel and all that, how does this happen? What, do they come together at some point? Do they continue to be at odds? What do you think? How does it play out?
2: Well, I think, first of all, Trump is a great showman and he has clearly the charisma and he's got a, the, the core of the Republican Party is Omega and and with him. And this ability to, to stage these events just shows the insignificance of what's going on with the debate, the five debating and all the others that, you know, who tried because they become sideshow and not very interesting. Now, within the GOP, uh, the GOP and the Democratic Party are both today maybe permanently fractured. Uh, The GOP is fractured because the core of the GOP is really democrat light, and fundamentally agrees with the Democrats. And you've got the Conservative Caucus, which is a very small group comparatively to the number of GOP in either the House or the Senate, and they're aligned with with uh, the MAGA party. So I don't think the party's going to come together in any meaningful way for the general election. And I don't think Trump's going to rely upon GOP voters to win. The Democratic Party's also got a problem in that, you know, the progressive Jews have gone with the Democratic Party since 1948, when Harry Truman allowed the vote in the United Nations, that partitioned palestine to create the state of israel but today to see the democratic party becoming this neo-marxist party which it has become with the woke dominating the 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 democrats the democrats marching with hamas you know the democratic party has almost become a hate america party and and hamas hates america and so they get together but the progressive jews supporting the democratic party for generations is saying what are we doing here this is This is anti-Semitic. We don't belong here. So you've got divisions in both parties right now. And uh, with Robert Kennedy Jr. in the election, I think he's going to play a decisive role. I think he's going to draw votes from both candidates. And I don't think the election this year is going to be 2024. I mean, it's not going to be along party lines as much as it is along ideological lines. And the parties may be reconfiguring Which happens in our politics historically every so often, where the parties just reconfigure who they are and what they are. And in the middle of that reconfiguration, it's not clear how it's going to end up. It's just changing. We can see the change and we can see the divisions. And the outcome is I think Trump will run strong against whomever. Robert Kennedy will, I think, make a very divisive presence in the election. And if it's Biden or it's going to be Michelle Obama or whomever it's going to be, the Democrats, We'll have a core that will support the candidate, yeah. but I'm not sure it's enough by itself to get mm. the candidate elected.
0: Yeah, it's a very good analysis what you just say there, brother. Very, very good analysis. Um, it, Back to what you say there about uh, Michelle Obama, and I've heard this multiple times now. I've, in fact, we've had writers on our network write about it. We've had people have talked about it on shows, and I don't subscribe to the thinking that she's uh, an option in the menu. I, I just don't see that. I don't I, I I don't know why I just think it's a, a stretch a little bit. I think they would put Newsome in there. That I don't question at all. He's he's the um, the 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 cha- the poster child of this whole thing that they're uh, sort of grooming for this. And of course, if you like what they've done with California, you'll love what they could possibly make more into this Marxist group of bandits, as you just described, Jerome. What the, what they can finish off the country with. Or put Newsom in charge of that and you'd have a recipe would be a five category hurricane uh, for the nation, to be sure. So that's a scary thought there. Right now, Biden, they don't know. They're really at a loss. You know that you, you, you see um, a lot of the, the party elites come out and talk about very careful choosing their words, as Axelrod did the other day. Uh, as far as you know what and how they're uh, that he should consider really look at a soul and you know, if the guy had a soul, he could look at it potentially, but you have to have one to look at that clearly. So here's the thing. Um, many of you know if do you, I guess let me pose it more as a question to you. If Biden uh, is he or is he not going to be on the ballot at the end of the day? Or does or maybe better even said, is he or is he not going to be the candidate of choice when it comes down to it, when you get into the actual general election? Or is it's gotten so late in the game now they recognize it's very dangerous to make any change right now? Or I also hear reports that potentially they're going to collect all the delegates, make all that happen. Get into the room and then bring out their star of their show and have all the delegates go to their side. Because frankly, let me just say this, Jerome, and I you disagree or agree with me, but I mean, they the DNC picks the candidate in the Democrat Party. The 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 um the the populists do not. They have nothing to do with it. Just like Donna Brazil showed us how it worked and Hillary Clinton, they absolutely pick their their person at the very top of their the, the people do not pick the candidate in the Democrat Party. This is really a recipe for it. it's a Marxist group of pe- bandits. So I don't think there's any harm for them to do that here for Biden. I, I think they recognize they can't keep him in there. They have to know that, Jerome. I mean, come on. I mean, they're stupid, but how stupid can they be? But it, is that the deal? Did I? What did I miss? What did I screw up with there?
2: Well, I mean, I, I think your analysis is good. I think the problem with Biden is that the Democrats don't know how to get rid of him. I mean, the problem is you've got Kamala Harris, and so if Biden steps down, she's the president. And I don't. Now think they're going, they're going to have it. him
0: finish the term, though. I think they're going I, to have him. They're going to have him finish it, don't you think?
2: Well, if he finishes the term, then he's going to be the presumptive nominee because at that point, unless there's some kind of a health crisis or whatever, you know, you've got we've got a whole year, and a lot of things are going to happen in a that's year. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, that's and right. we can't. You know, right now we've got a economy that's got you know, we're printing money like crazy yeah uh, we do have inflation we've got wars in ukraine we've got a war going on in, in israel and, and hamas it's a mess it, it, and people are not happy you know, with with where things with are anything with, any, <laughs> with anything <laughs> the only know. thing
0: they're happy with is abortion
2: i mean they think well even that that with the midterm <laughs> elections was a very oh, low turnout election and And the activists within the Democratic Party who are pro-choice showed up in enough numbers to make it look like that was a very strong lobby. I don't think abortion is going to be a issue that will carry a candidacy, but it will win a ballot provision. Right. Uh, because that'll, that'll mobilize the support for that provision.
0: Well, but you're right. I love what you just say. You're you're so smart about this stuff, my brother. But the problem is the media spins it the other way. And a lot of people are going to believe the media is the media is the problem here. Uh, Drum. They do a lot of damage. Not everybody is a clear thinker like yourself.
2: Well, it is an echo chamber and a lot of people are influenced by it. And a lot of people just aren't listening. They've, they've gotten tired of it. They've gotten tired of being fed the narratives. And I think that's going to increase. Right, right. Uh, The the issue I think fundamentally here is that uh, at the last moments of this thing, as it plays out, uh, I think Michelle is waiting in the wings, Mm. and if everybody and she's saying I don't want to run, if everybody (laughs) was begging her to run, and we could stage a very nice entrance stage left, and have well, then
0: Barack would have four terms. My golly.
2: Well, and I'm and I'm sure he would be happy about that.
0: Well, that's what we hear on The Lake Show, for sure. Uh, But listen, I I still think uh, the one thing I uh, will input to that uh, is that what I'm seeing, actually, is back to the analysis here, is that Biden at that moment, you say, how does it work with Kamala Harris over there and whoever they're doing over here? And uh, I I don't think the American people are going to buy the Michelle story, but I think they would buy the Gavin Newsom story uh, within the, 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 the constraints of at least presenting it to the people. I don't think he would win. But here's what I think happens. I think Biden comes out and he um, what he does is he uh, he he has a, you know, he has a uh, uh, conversation with American people. This is as now the the, the Congress of the House is going full throttle. They're going to, uh, as you know, go after the the father, the uncle, the, the son of the uncle um, and the rest of the bandits there. And as they do that. What's wrong with him coming out and saying, you know, uh, my fellow Americans, uh, this I'm going to uh, step down and we're going to put, you know, Gavin Newsom in there as the we just think it's the time is right for him He's a fine, fine man, but do a spectacular job for the country. And I'm going to. Uh, I've got some pressing problems with my family, uh, and you know, and I, I, and I, I, they haven't done anything wrong, uh, America. They haven't done anything wrong, but I do need to pardon Hunter and my uncle, my aunt, uh, the niece twice removed, and the and the dog, uh, so we don't get sued for the Secret Service. We're going to pardon all those people. And uh, but this is the right thing to do. But nobody did anything wrong. But I just think that's the best thing for the country. I'm doing this for the country now. The country, Jerome, the country. And I'm going to bow out and, and we're going to have Gavin take this in. And uh, here we go here. And then you get the, the Tonight Show band come in and play a little music and you bring that guy out. What do you say to that, buddy?
2: Well, if he could pull it off, if he doesn't flub it up and forget who he is and <laughs> and stumble into the room and, and ask if he has permission to read the speech, <laughs> the, the problem is you don't know what he's going to do and uh, whether he could actually remain cogent through that and not be pulled off with a hook yeah. so he gets off stage without embarrassing himself further. Yeah. You know, the, I think the country sees through this and the country has made a decision about the corruption in the biden family mm. and any attempt to do a last minute pardon mm. would be received about as well as when gerald ford pardoned richard nixon after coming you know richard nixon left office and resigned and ford yeah. pardoned him that and did not go the over price. well no
0: he paid the price for that for sure yeah. And, yeah
2: and the democrats would pay the price for a stunt like this and i think again it's there is no clear good solution to the yeah. Biden problem for the Democrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's maybe why they get stuck with them again.
0: Yeah, there's some interesting things happening in politics that, uh, and you mentioned a bit ago here, and you don't, I talk about it enough, but you don't hear a lot of people talk about it, Jerome, and we'll come back and talk more about it after. But as far as... um uh you know some uh, political parties the fact that they do burn out they they fizzle they burn out something else comes off the ground Not them it has happened the last one it happened to was back in the early 1860s with the whig party that was abraham lincoln being the first republican uh, uh president and uh but the whig party uh and the republican party came in but it was the whig party that uh burnt out there and there was a whole lot of things going on and study in that chapter of our um Country, Uh, it was a historical chapter, and a lot of ways. I, uh, I think what we're going through now is a big historical chapter again, just as much as the 1860s were. We're about at each other's throats as well. I predicted, uh, oh dear, wow, maybe four, five years ago, Jerome. I'll share with you. I predicted the Democrat Party would burn out. I seen the writing on the wall and what Obama had done and the damage to the bureaucratic state. Um, in what had been taking place. And I did believe that they were going to burn out and something else would come in to replace them. And of course, the Marxist left have proven us right. They have uh, swallowed that party hold. You can't recognize it. And uh, all of these cats today would not be in the Democrat Party as it stands. So they have the wrong name for the party, which is why I don't call them that. I call them the Marxist, leftist, progressive uh, Democrat Party because they're anything but democratic, these uh, hoodlums. Uh, we are speaking to Dr. Jerome Corsi here. And uh, let me just tell you this uh, book, and we'll touch on this a little bit here as we come back in a moment from the pause, friends. Um, uh, and, and talk about a great... L- listen to how he talks, though. He's, he's so command of the issues, and his analysis is very fascinating. I'm so enjoying this conversation with him. Um, please take a look at his new book. Uh, this is how we... Uh, celebrate um, truth, the out loud truth, and uh, and people and their success and support them with the books. And the America Out Loud bookstore, that book is in there. Uh, you go to the search bar, just type in Corsi, it'll come right up. But more than that, it's on the front page right now, at americaoutloud.news. On the right sidebar, all those books and and we know you buy a lot of the books. We see what's going on there. So um the the name of the book is The Truth About Neo-Marxism, Cultural Maoism, and Anarchy. And uh he gets into a whole lot in this book, is uh, well experienced with uh, understanding the issues and where we stand. And again, this is a historic moment of our nation and understanding history, you want to well, you want to know what's going to happen in the future. you got to understand history. Maybe that's why the Marxist left wanted to burn down the history and tear down the statues. They don't want people to know what took place, potentially, huh? It could be a little bit of it, friends. Uh, listen, it's all back at americaoutloud.news That's where the truth is. We have uh, best-in-class writers, uh, columnists, our uh, show host, our podcast, you name it, and the talk radio. It's all there. Uh, our talk radio apps, Apple, Android, Alexa, it's 24-7. iHeartRadio Radio is where you can listen to the network. And a whole bunch of networks on there Our media players available as well, world-class. Uh, and we get people that listen all over the globe. And as I share that with you as well, Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Japan, these are top countries <clears throat> that love America out loud. We'll take a quick pause now and return in just a moment here. You're listening to the voice of a nation. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa.
1: World class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness.
0: The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with OxyPowder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why OxyPowder is our number one seller. It works. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How
1: can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Co-Fix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? CoFix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout.
0: Change in the world, one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Okay, we're back with Dr. Rom Corsi you now and having just a terrific conversation about, uh, and really study some of the political points we've been discussing in here. There's a lot to what we've been talking about. I wanna dive right now. There's a lot to cover here in this next uh, segment here, but I wanna to touch a little bit about uh, what uh, some of the comments that came out of some of the uh, people in the debate, because they were quite striking. And the support more so, the bigger conversation is the support that uh, that uh, patriots that conservatives uh th- those people have for Israel we know the importance of Israel we know the importance of our faith and why Israel matters we it's just there's no there's no uh daylight there with that i just know it i know it and yet there's a whole lot of daylight daylight on the other side and i've always seen it and i've always prayed that uh, the the Jewish community would come home uh, to where they belong. And maybe this is a moment now that they see the hate. We're hearing uh, Dr. Jerome Corsi and his great point about that with the hate and what's happening, all these protests and everything else out there, you know. Um, so there, there were some interesting uh, comments uh, real quickly, uh, Jerome, I want to get your opinion on here. Uh, from the debate about this here, and there was a, the, it, it really was a lot of support for Israel steadfast, which brings me back to the bigger point of the, the, the strength from the Republican Party for Israel. Uh, he, he's so they were all asked about that question, what they would do, and this, this of course drove NBC crazy because they fall on the side of Hamas terrorists uh, and the Palestinian movement. There is what they fought, which is one of the same, by the way. Uh, Desantis says, "I would tell Bibi finish the job once and for all with these butchers." You could hear the gas from the NBC uh, folks when he said that. Oh my God! And then you know Nikki Haley, finish them, finish them. You know, support Israel with whatever they need, whatever they, whenever they need it. Uh, The last thing we need to do is tell Israel what to do. That was Haley, dear. Tim Scott, white. Hamas off the map. Diplomacy only is a weak strategy. You cannot negotiate with evil. You have to destroy it. Uh, even uh, Chris Christie, uh, America is here, no matter what what it is you need. Uh, this was I just see see what I'm talking about here. And of course, even the Ram Swami dude, I would go one step further. I would tell. He always does that. He always tries to outpace everybody. That's kind of one of the reasons he rubs me. Maybe, I don't know, that and his finger blown in the ear all the time. It reminds me of the political wins uh, that I make fun of. I would go one step further. I would tell Bibi what Israel has the right and responsibility to protect himself. And what the hell is that one step further for? I mean, they're all said the same thing. And he spoke last, of course. But anyways, the bigger point is the support behind all this. See, that's unshakable in the Republican Party is my point, Jerome. But yet on the left, it's there's a lot of daylight, isn't there?
2: A lot. And uh, people don't understand who Hamas is. I mean, Hamas was created to destroy Israel. Hamas has been Marxist revolutionary from the inception, the PLO. Uh, When they were in Egypt, they tried to stage rebellions against the government. They were thrown out of Egypt, the Palestinians. They were thrown out of Jordan for the same reason. Then they went to Lebanon, thrown out of Lebanon. and Now uh, the Al-Sisi government saying they're not going to be able to come back into uh, Egypt. So you're probably going to have the Sinai Desert be the home of the Palestinian movement. And this movement has always been a a bit of a fraud in the sense that Yasser Arafat was Egyptian. He was Muslim Brotherhood. He was not Palestinian. Uh, In 1948, when the State of Israel was created, many of the Palestinians just stayed in place. They didn't leave. They weren't forced to leave. And so a lot of the history here has become ideological history, in which the left has championed Hamas and championed the PLO, given huge amounts of money, which had been stolen by these organizations. Asher Arafat stole tons of money, and his wife lived a, a luxury lifestyle, rich and fa- famous in France. Uh, this is really an ideological divide, right, right. and the question is, does Israel have a right to survive? And those yeah. of us... Who are faith-based? Those of us who yeah. see Israel as a bastion of freedom and you know individual liberties in the Middle East uh, would find it hard to imagine that anyone doesn't support Israel. I, I've I've written three books on wow. uh, on atomic Iran and its dangers, and I've been to Israel. And I've talked with the government mm-hmm. and extensively, and I believe that the Netanyahu government has decided that it is time to remove Hamas yeah. from the Gaza, and they will do so.
0: Yeah, October 7th was a deal breaker. It was a deal breaker. It changed everything out there from what you say is right. Let me, two two points I want to make here with you and have you uh, comment on these. It, it what I see, Jerome, is this is not, the, and you know, even now I hear Obama the other day talking about. Oh, what we really need is a two-state solution, and they're all about this two-state solution. This thing has not a darn thing to do with the two. They had a two-state solution. This has nothing to do with the two-state solution. That is ridiculous. Anybody who met, utters those words again, this has to do with the fact that they want to kill everybody uh, that doesn't play with uh, the that is not Sharia compliant. That does not play the. Rules uh, of uh, their their, uh, their their so-called religion, which is a cult. Uh, that's what this is about. It's going. I mean, they're after everybody. And right now, the Jewish community is in the way. But they ain't going to stop at the Jewish community, Jerome. What the hell are they going to stop there? They're going after everybody. Am I am I wrong?
2: Uh, no, you, you're right. I mean, the, the hatred of Jews is at the core of Hamas, and you could see that again. What was so terrifying about October seventh? Was the utter brutality oh my God. with which with oh. which they slaughtered people, oh. and it brought back memories of the Holocaust. I think one of the things that's happened with Israel is that the generations alive today don't have any memory of the Holocaust. I mean, they weren't raised by the generation that fought World War II. They didn't experience the exodus getting into Israel. They didn't experience the struggles that were there in the 1960s. To hold Israel against attacks from all sides, so it it's a disconnect, and the PLO has been very effective, the the Palestinian movement in the United Nations with the propaganda that this land was stolen from them, right, and that they, and that they you know are, are the ones who are the victims. Well, the two states not possible when the other side when Hamas when they want to uh, kill you <laughs> when they want to kill you. <laughs> and and two state is just their intermediate intermediate step to gain ground and time yeah. in order to do so. And so yeah. there, there's no solution when the other party's goal is your extermination. Right, that's right.
0: One other thing I want to ask you on that: Why is it we support we support both sides of this war? We support both sides of this relationship. We actually fund the entire operation. Tell me about that.
2: Well, we've been funding Iran since Obama sent airplanes full of cash to Iran. And John Kerry negotiated a settlement that essentially told Iran they could make a nuclear weapon, just wait a while. And we've been funneling and supporting Biden administration, re- reducing the sanctions, allowing Iran to go back into the oil business, get more money, which we've shipped over to them. We've been funding, Iran funds Hamas, Iran funds Hezbollah. Hezbollah's on the edge of joining the war. And they're poised to join the war. Russia's now joined forces with Iran. We've managed to get those two together. And China's in the wings wanting to support Russia and Iran. Right. So right. We, we've Perfect. really messed this up. We've messed this up horrendously yeah. from the attempt to get the Abraham Accords and tell the Middle East, look, you're going to live with the Jews. They're going to be in Israel. And that's that's a fact. And if you'd work together, you could all make this a very prosperous region of the world for everyone.
0: But it doesn't fit their ideology. Jerome,
2: it doesn't right? fit the ideology. No. And as long as that hatred is there, it's always going to be there. Yeah. This war will only get another generation. I
0: mean, of don't you think it's either them or us at that point? I mean, what are we talking about here? Well,
2: essentially, after the October 7th attack, it's now at an existential moment for Israel. Israel realizes that all the yeah. leftists thinking in Israel that if we just let Hamas have power in Gaza, they would be reasonable.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It, it did not work. And it's then right. disarming the Israeli population, one of the other frightening things about October 7th was uh, the weapons had been taken from the Israelis. Very hard to get a gun permit because of the left. And they were defenseless. The few kibbutzes that had weapons fought bravely and successfully against Hamas and saved lives. But this was an existential attack on Israel, whose message was kill Jews. That's right. And and that's, that, that's yeah. a horrendous message. And it, yes, it does sir. not yeah. leave possibility for reconciliation.
0: And, and what you say right there is so important. Man, and listen, listen, listen. This is why I tell uh, our listeners all the time, our, our Second Amendment is not negotiable. It is, no matter what happens, it is not negotiable doesn't matter what the left does that doesn't matter what they say Doesn't matter what they do and their whole oxymoron about having gun-free zones is stupid the whole thing and the way they operate is ridiculous i mean evil is here evil on this planet is here and it's going to be here and we're going to have to fight and defend and now with open borders and all this happening by far now we need to protect ourselves in this country i want to move the ball along with one of the i got to get into this other major thing with you uh, Dr. Jerome Corsi, and it is about uh, the, uh, as I've talked about up front, the stopgap, the, the government shutting down. Now, of course, some of us realize the spending and what's happening here, and we sometimes pray an extra prayer at night that they do indeed shut the government down for an extended period of time. Some of us a little longer than others, in fact. I mean, a full confession with you, uh, that does indeed happen, uh, because we see we still operate, and sometimes even better, uh and we save the future generations which is a beautiful thing so the, they say the house speaker uh johnson mike johnson now uh they're pinning it all on him of course he's been called a hardliner he said again when you respect the constitution when you respect it, not just the constitution but you respect uh co- any sort of conservatism you you want to watch and you know you worry about the debt or any money if you're a christian you are a hardliner, you understand how that works today, Dr. Corsi, right? Right, you understand yeah. how that works. You're a hardliner, you're an extremist radical madman. I mean, that's what you are. So, what happens now with this? He's going to be walking some fine ropes here in the next fine lines, or maybe a rope, I don't know, in the next many days here as, as this thing unbuckles. But the date is coming quick now, and uh. And they're really nowhere to be found. Uh, with any sort of, uh, you know, the Freedom Caucus and uh, the rest of the movement, what do you what do you see happens here?
2: Well, it, it, it's complex because since 1971, we had very little national debt compared to today, and we took mm. we went off the gold standard. Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard, and now we're at 33 trillion dollars in national debt, rapidly approaching 34 trillion. We have one trillion dollars in debt service. We don't have we used to have budgets that Congress did pass. Today, you can't get a budget agreed upon because the Democrats will not cut spending sufficiently to form the compromises needed to have a balanced budget. And so essentially, we go through this kabuki theater where everybody's pointing fingers at each other. They'll blame Johnson. And you know my solution is move the entire bureaucracy to the Mojave Desert or Death Valley and let them have all the solar and wind they want. And start running the country as we the people, instead of we the bureaucracy. And again, it's wildly out of control. So I, I expect we're going to find the same drama. In other words, as we get up to the 17th of November, it's going to be one side against the other. They'll try compromises, they'll fail. and eventually they'll just kick the can down the road and pass another continuing resolution. It's all they ever I, do.
0: It's all they ever do.
2: Right? It's all they do. They can't form a, they cannot form a budget because there's no basis of agreement on forming a budget. It would require cuts. And unfortunately our tax revenues are not as robust as they were, certainly not before the pandemic. And we're finding that unemployment is increasing, at least if you look at it seriously, the part-time jobs are being created, but good paying middle-class jobs are drying up. And the middle class is suffering right now. So, So the patience of the country with both Republicans and Democrats, is wearing thin. Now, I think Johnson will make a difference in that he's going to try hard to get some reasonable semblance of sense in this, but you already have Biden posturing and saying, well, I won't accept anything that only funds Israel. It has to fund Ukraine too. And, you know, it has to do this, it has to do that. So already Biden is setting up the basis on which he's going to reject any compromise. So I think we're back in a broken situation. My guess is they will, as usual, keep the government running for a few more months, and we'll go through this drama all over again on a repeated basis, because it, again, is not a fixable problem. Mm. It's again, it's just like we were talking about before with when, you know, Hamas determines they want to kill Jews. There there isn't a solution to that problem. Mm. And here, when you determine, well, we can spend this fiat currency and pay it off with Interest payments of more fiat currency, or really, we've got a a foreign government subsidizing our currency by buying our treasury bonds, and we're paying interest on our own money.
0: Yeah,
2: it's it's a it's a bizarre situation, and it's going to crash. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, uh, there are solutions to the problems. I uh, they're just not solutions people want to hear. Dr. They don't want
2: to hear them, and yeah. and and politically, they become so divisive that they have very little chance of getting the votes they need to be affected in Congress. And that's, again, the problem. You know, you do not have a coalition in Congress who is resolute about that we've got to have a balanced budget. Yeah, And, and, and it would take great courage because you'd have to cut off services that would be painful to various constituents.
0: Yeah.
2: And again, yeah. they don't want to inflict pain yeah. by not keeping the money flowing. Yeah. So it's it's a it's almost an insolvable problem given the constraints of how dependent we've become on just massive amounts of money flowing out of the federal government without regard to whether or not it's responsible.
0: This um, this new book you have. I have a, a couple of moments left. I want to get this in again here to talk about this. This is Brian. This is hot. Hot off the presses here. It is, again, on the front page of our platform and in the bookstore, any bookstore you want to get it at, friends. Just get the book, uh, The Truth About Neo-Marxism, Cultural Modelism, and uh, Anarchy. Um, give us a summation. I'm guessing you go back and you talk about some of the similarities in history and you're calling out what's happening today uh, uh, is my thought process here. uh,
2: The book demonstrates that the left lives in a different psychological reality and a different actual conception of physical reality. Uh, The left has come to the point through a Marxism of attacking the culture. That's fundamental. Gramsci and other Italian communists said, Marx was wrong. We didn't have a labor, you know, workers of the world unite, but if we attack the culture, we can destroy capitalism. Uh, They have become resolute on sharpening differences over race, uh, removing God from the United States of America, destroying family structures. And at the end result, we've got a identity politics, which is a form of schizophrenia. Whatever I think I am, and we don't want these dualities. We don't want men women. We want to separate sex from gender. And you can be gender is whatever performance of sexual activities you choose to exhibit. And no one can uh, deny that you have a right to do that or they're committing a microaggression against you. This is insanity. We've come to the point with the left where the, the schizophrenic inmates of the asylum are running the joint.
0: That's right. That's the problem right there. And and there's something else in a future conversation you and I will have more about that uh, Asylum. <laughs> uh, we certainly hinted on it today. Um, Dr. Jerome Corsi, thank you. You're a terrific uh, voice and uh, mind for uh, today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on The Voice of a Nation, sir. Uh,
2: my great pleasure. Thank you, Malcolm.
0: All right. So that book, friends, again, the truth about neo-Marxism, cultural Maoism and anarchy uh, is absolutely in the bookstores and it's in the America Out Loud bookstore on the front page. Check it out here. What a what a great uh, analysis from uh, Dr. Jerome Corsi here and uh, a privilege to be with you. This is uh, challenging times is uh, what we're working with here uh, in, in the confines of uh, the, 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 the news and the storylines that, uh, we we struggle with every day uh it's never good news it's it's always unsettling uh we as i tell you all the time we're living in a historic uh, moment of time and uh and and we're here we're uh, it's you know things are shaping up and uh, but we have to be hold on to our salvation our roots our christian values uh, and really come back and that's what this nation needs is more of god in the nation Uh, as they tried to take it out of the nation. And that's the core of Marxism right there. In fact, there is no God. That's what they, they worship the other side of the aisle there on that end. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's a privilege to be with you always. It's time to get involved and get loud America.